Hello and welcome to Coming to the Ball in the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben and as always I'm hanging out with Mike. Hello. And Claire. Hey. And Pete. Hello. And this week we're going to have a talk about things science can't explain. Ooh. A selection. I mean obviously there's a load of stuff science can't explain. Am I on this list? <laughs> yes you are. You're just an alien. <laughs> Pizza missing link. <laughs> it's just like, it's a selection of stuff that baffles us. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise this could be like a 50 parter. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm going to start by saying you can follow us on Facebook at Cutting the Ball in the Post-Truth Apocalypse, YouTube Apocalypse Ball, and SoundCode and most other podcasting platforms at Cutting the Ball in the PTA. So let's just quickly go through some thanks some new and returning listeners. Again, I want to do the whole list. Ferndale in the UK, Pardubisee. In, yeah, that Czech Republic. Not gonna touch the Mexican one. <laughs> Starts the back. Give it a go. Give it no, a go. I don't, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Belgrade in Serbia. Panabo in the Philippines. London in the UK. Asheville in North Carolina. Frankfurt and Maine in Germany. Ludhiana in India. Dublin, Ireland. Newbury, Canada. Cumming in Georgia. <laughs> Sydney, Australia. Atlanta, Georgia, Niles, Michigan, Perryville, Missouri, London in the UK, Ashburn, Virginia, Cortland Manor, New York. That sounds a bit posh, doesn't it? Ooh. And Stevenage, UK, which doesn't sound posh at all. And then Guadalajara, Spain. Ah, oh, Stevenage has been with us for some time, hasn't he? Or she? They. They. Them. Mm. <laughs> Whatever pronoun they want to use. Thank you to everyone that's been listening. Yep, it's always appreciated. Tell a friend, tell several friends. Right, let's start with, why do we have an anus? What? To poo. Science does not know why we have an anus. Well, it does, because that's why... Or why we develop an anus, should I say. That's just stupid. Why we develop an anus. Yeah. To get rid of feces, fecal matter. The appearance of the anus was momentous in animal evolution, apparently, according to uh, Catherine Wu, around the Atlantic. Before the appearance of the anus, animals had to eat and excrete through the same hole. Okay. That wouldn't be fun. No. So, since uh, when? What animals is she talking about? The animals before the appearance of the anus could have been, like, could have been insects, they could have been microbes. Or... Because from, like, the beginning of mammals, dinosaurs, etc., they had assholes and they shitted. Yeah. Shitted. At some point. There wasn't yeah, so, so one before that. But how do they know this? Because they found evidence of life in the fossils, haven't they? And they've looked and they've gone, this creature's got no anus. Therefore, to expel its excretion, must do it through its mouth. Through but we're talking microbes, tiny little insecty things, and things like that, more than likely. Amoeba style. Could be. Sea life. Could be some sea life in there too. There haven't been any, any mammals or anything, you know. Doubtful. Mammals came quite late. It's a bit of a pointless um, scientific fact, that, or scientific mystery, because there's absolutely no relevance to nowadays whatsoever. Well, science still doesn't know why didn't we stick with crapping out your mouth formula? Why did the anus develop? No one knows. Just the same. Just as an any, evolutionary yeah, reaction. Same as any it? evolution, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's the same. It's, what if evolution decided, you know what, to spray this crap up my mouth is actually a really good design. And that's how we ward off predators as humans. In one reality, that's in one multiverse, that's a thing. Yeah. But they haven't found a creature that developed the anus first, so 
They've got creatures without anuses, and then and then creatures with them. Hmm. The, creatures so the, the missing the missing butt link. Well, <laughs> 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 I'm, not, I'm not making my life's work to find the first creature to have an anus. So you're saying that whatever was evolving, Mike, they were evolving simultaneously, all twelve assholes. Well, one animal would have got an asshole, yeah. and then that would have its genes would have spread, and they would have got an asshole. It would have basically been the more efficient way. And if those genes were favourable, then well, I'm pretty sure we're talking on a microbiotic level. We're, we're talking well somewhere been. back before dinosaurs. Mad, but I, I'm not quite sure. I don't know. It was different, different but, animals, wasn't it? Because. There are animals now that don't have an arsehole, like a worm, I believe, doesn't have an arsehole. I've no idea. Does it not? I don't think so, no. Or maybe that's one creature that survived then. Fat checker Pete. Yeah. There was all those little microbes that live on your face. They don't have arseholes. They do. Do they? They're shitting all over me. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. They used to think they didn't, but they do. Oh, right, well, I have out-of-date scientific information. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I apologise to all the, all the listeners... Little face microbes who are like, happily crapping out of their anuses. Mm. Yeah, they come out at night, don't they? And then mm. sort of, you know, eat the dead skin off your face. And then I should imagine, because they're eating it with their mouth, they're shitting it with their arse. Yeah. And also, why is the human butt so big compared with the mammals? No one knows. So we can sit. That is it. That No, that they've said, that I've heard before. It's because it's, it's because of Other sitting. animals sit, they have smaller butts than us. They sit in different ways. But like four-legged animals use their like hind legs to kind of perch and sit and things like that. Whereas we don't have any other option. If we want to sit, we sit on our ass. So we developed cushioning De- just through developed evolution. Developed a big ass. Just yeah. through evolution. Well, science is saying we don't know. Mm. We don't know for sure. I guess that's a theory. Well, it'll only develop more because we all are sitting on our asses, aren't we? <laughs> That's true. We're going to develop Wally people soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Here we go. This is where it all comes from. The Sacrochritus coronaeus, 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 <laughs> is a 500, a 500 million year old microscopic spiny marine creature that resembles a popular character from the Minions movie had no asshole. Yeah. So we're talking yep. 500 million year old microscopic, mm. so I was pretty correct on mm. my assumption on that, that we're talking on a mi- microscopic level mm, yeah. with tiny little things, yeah. like your amoebas and things like that, which we know don't have an asshole. They do excrete, excrete things, but we know it comes out of the mouth, mm. it comes out of the same spot as it goes in. And that's like your amoebas and things like that, your single-cell organisms, because that is all they are, isn't it? But they do draw in through some kind of hole, which is interpreted as a mouth. Yeah. And then it comes back out of the same hole. Could it happen? Maybe humans didn't develop anuses at some point. It's still a mystery as to why we developed them. Deficiency, so, I should imagine. Well, it's deficiency. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be eating, eating through the same hole, do you? But, but still. So the only thing... So you've got a Demodex is a mite that lives in the pores of your skin and face. They do not possess an anus, oh. so they can't poop. As they feed oh. on the oils of your skin, their feces build up inside them until they die. So it's only when they die, uh. they burst and release all that poop on your face. Oh. There you go then. I was right, they don't have an ass. Yeah. Alright then, okay. But they do poop on your face. At present, that is basically the only living creature mm. we know. 
and I think this is pretty much the descendants of that, which is, is probably what this fact is talking about. And I understand why then we, whatever evolutionary design in Mother Nature, when no, don't like it like that. Let's have another. Let's have an extra. Well, it's little, far like, more hole. efficient, isn't it? Yeah, and in one that, out, out the other. That's why every other life form has an anus. Yeah. What this? Unless so really, they do know why, I guess, because it's evolutionary. Yeah, that's better, what. I, but. They don't know, I guess they don't know how is the question. How did you end up with a standardised anus to ass feature? Mm. And it's about, Why haven't you got an anus in your knee? And when you think, you just said it on, the, you, you hit the nail on the head with that. Oh, and you it's squeeze it out. Yeah, squeeze it out your knee. But you, as you said it's a standardised feature. An asshole is an asshole. It looks like a chocolate starfish on almost any animal you look at. No, I haven't really gone around looking at animals as <laughs> asshole, but let's assume that I'm they are. I'm sure you've seen your dog's asshole when it's waved its tail in your face, <laughs> and I'm sure you've you've poked your finger up its. <laughs> 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 what no, my friend Chris poked, poked his finger on my last dog's ass by mistake. <laughs> oh dear. Like but also, he didn't but yeah, trust him after that, did he? He did not. He, yeah, he did him after that. He's the only, only person who ever growled after that. <laughs> but generally, anuses <laughs> all look. <laughs> anuses are a pretty standard thing, aren't they? They are. In all creatures, they're a, they're a sphincter that yeah. basically does that. It expands, expands and contracts. And contracts. Cuts off. Uh, that's basically what a sphincter is. We, we have many, many, many sphincters for our body, and the anus is the most known one, probably. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's... Ask me famous. <laughs> it is a mad one. But yeah, why did we decide to change? And that's of course you stuff food up your ass and crap out your mouth. South Park. South Park. <laughs> Brilliant episode. Well, this one's a good one. What the heck is ball lightning? Ah, aliens. <laughs> you like a bit of ball lightning that you might You have a thing about ball lightning. It is, it is uh, unknown though, what causes How it? does it form? Hmm. For millennia, people have been telling stories about... Mysterious spheres of light that glow, crackle, and hover eerily during thunderstorms. They've been spotted in homes, in rural areas, in cities, on airplanes, and even passing through windows. Well, again, though, it's, it's just a, it's just a, sta- it's an electricity it's build up. It's it? a charge build up. So, in any environment, like it's in your home, you can imagine sitting there and a little ball of lightning just appears. But you could imagine with all the electricals within a house and it gives you the right atmosphere and if there's such an electrical charge outside it only needs the right conditions I guess I love it can just, we could be just sat here right now and a ball lightning <laughs> thing could just trot into the kitchen window and float into the room I think it, it would have then presumably explodes and kills us all and I'd sets the flat on fire it would freak you out wouldn't it, it does. I'd be like holy shit it's a ghost might be like nah it's ball lightning that is uh. <laughs> Usually only lasts for a few moments, and it's impossible to predict where and when it will show up. Hmm. It's rare, but many people have seen it. Scientists don't know exactly where it comes from, but that hasn't stopped them from trying to make it themselves in their labs. Oh, stop playing God, scientists! Mm -hmm. So, but obviously there's been a lot of accounts of UFOs have been put down to ball lightning, haven't they? Mm. Yeah, but we don't talk too much about that. <laughs> what UFOs or ball lightning? Ball lightning, no right. <laughs> <laughs> or swamp gas reflected off the planet Venus. We don't talk about that either. <laughs> this is one of my favourites, actually. Of all the things science can't figure out, it's the placebo effect. Yep. Nice, simple one. We all know what it is. Explain to people just in case. Basically, if you're being, if you've got a condition and they'll, they're going to test out the placebo effect. They could give you sugar capsules, a control group, sugar capsules, and another control group at your medicine. Nine times out of ten, 
this condition starts to get better on its own anyway with the group that's been given the sugar capsules. The idea is because you think you're being given medicine, your body responds. This is the thing, it, it goes down to the human psyche and yeah. how clever our bodies actually are. Like, you only need to believe you're yeah. getting cured of something and your brain starts sending the right signals to the right places and those cells within your body start doing the job they're supposed to be doing that would normally be too lazy to do it without the help of a medicine, maybe. <laughs> how, else would you, how else would you explain that? How else would you explain that? Because if you, it's in there. It's in your body. It's like people say that if you can make yourself ill by just thinking you're ill... I've done that before now. After a weekend, yeah. I don't want to go back to work. I'm going to just come out. I'm going to be ill for a day <laughs> when you get ill. The amazing thing is, it just needs to be like a doctor in a white coat, and that improves <laughs> your chances yeah. immeasurably. <laughs> yeah, it's strange, oh, isn't it? I think it's something along the lines of frequencies. You know, when you're stressed, yeah, because we're like seventy percent water, aren't yep. we? You send in a frequency throughout your body. You no, know. It releases hormones, doesn't it? Cortisone and yeah, yeah. Is it cortisone? And if someone well, tells you, oh, you're going to be all right, you might, that frequency might change a touch and then, you know, have a positive effect on the rest of your body. Stress is, it causes a lot of problems. Yeah. It's because of the hormones that it releases in the body. Mm-hmm. So if you're not being stressed, then you're not releasing them toxic hormones. and Might be blocking your immune system. When you are stressed and run down, then that's on your immune system. It's not as special if you tend to find you get ill. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, this man in a white coat gives you some caps and doesn't says, hey, are these to make you feel better? Immediately, you go, oh, that's better. Someone's talking, someone's giving me something I can, I can get this under control. And you immediately, your stress level drops. Yeah. Yeah. Massively. Spot on with that. Yeah. Could be that, couldn't it? That's probably the most likely thing. But the fact is, no one really knows, and it shouldn't work, should it? It shouldn't well, no, be. I, I do just think it's that. Yeah. That it, but that human sh- brain. But it shouldn't work. I mean, a placebo has also been shown to reduce tremors and muscle stiffness in people with Parkinson's disease. So you're not treating him with anything, yet they're getting a little bit better. Hmm. Yeah, it's a suggestion, it's got to yeah. be the, you know... The power of suggestion. It's well, it very is, it powerful. Is, it, it is, yeah, but I'm just saying it shouldn't... Uh, no matter, if you've got a medical condition wrong with your body, your body's misfiring in some way, then you just go in... Oh, you know what? That medicine I'm having, that's great, that is. Oh, it'll be sorted in no time. And your body just goes, oh, better stop giving them that knee pain. How like, but is, it, is that the long-term effects? Or is these, like, the short-term effects? You know, because like, if after a few months these symptoms returned, you'd be like, oh, maybe I am on a placebo or, you know. I don't, I think this is a long, longitudinal study, is it? Longitudinal, is that Oh, no, it is that you want, we know about it, we can't explain it. Mm kind of thing mm. what about dark matter because dark matter had a bit of a a U-turn on it they used to think everything in the universe at one point was dark matter we couldn't see it therefore it was dark matter and now it was like we've never actually found any dark matter so no one's sure if it even exists anymore I was going to say I've what? never even it's not something I've I've, I've heard them talk about it on Big Bang Theory yeah. Yeah. Not, but I've only never... 4% of the universe is made up of visible stuff that we can see Four percent. Yeah. And they say no. the rest of it's dark matter. Well, dark matter and dark energy. Does that just mean we can't see it? Yeah. It's too dark we can't see. see it, but we can see the effects it has. Right. So yeah. It's like sort the of like way galaxies spin. Yeah. Is dark matter not something that black holes are comprised of? Well, that's what they think. 
Isn't it just the space in between? It's not actually matter. It's just like nothing. Nothing. Yeah, the nothing. Yeah, we can't detect nothing. it. That's the problem. You see, we used to think it was dark matter from the seventies, and the best response from physicists was to suggest that there's more stuff out there than we can see. But the trouble was, no one could explain what this dark matter was, and they still can't. While researchers have made many suggestions about what kind of particles might make up dark matter, there is no consensus. It's an embarrassing hole in our understanding of space, and it is an embarrassing hole. Yeah. Big fucking embarrassing hole. <laughs> 96%, we don't know what the fuck it is. It's 90%, it's the, they reckon. It's the, it's the nothingness, isn't it? <laughs> it's well, the nothing. It's this, the nothing. <laughs> this, um, this new telescope that they've sent up into space that can... It's going to see nothing as well, isn't it? Yeah, but it's been taking those pictures that have never been... Seen. The James Webb telescope. That's right. Yeah, but it can't detect dark matter. No, but... Is that like a start to new technology that might be able to get out into space to be able to actually, oh, we can actually look at it and study it now? Do you know what I mean? Is that uh, no, because it's forward? still visible light. It's detecting visible light. So it's in the infrared, works, it? it brings in right. the light and that's and you get it Hubble into a lens. couldn't see in the infrared. But if they don't know if... And if things furthest away from Earth, because they're moving away still at increasing speed... All the light that's coming from it is in the infrared because it extends the wavelength. Right, yeah. yeah. So Hubble couldn't see it, whereas this new telescope, can. James Webb, can. Can we use the James Webb telescope to take a picture of the Voyager probe's ass and it's going out? <laughs> I don't know. Is the answer to that? Could we not lock on to it astronomer. and go, right, let's take a picture of its ass as it leaves? Probably too small, isn't it? Maybe. You'd probably be able to, I don't know if you're going to make it out amongst the backdrop either, would you? It'd just be a bit of light reflecting, probably. Yeah. So 90% of the mass in the universe, we don't know what it is. Nope. I'm not a clue. Could be anything. Could be the void, could be empty space. It's such a space, isn't it? It's just space. That's why it's called space. Between the other bits. Could be water. What? No, we didn't notice that when we went to the moon. We can detect water, yeah. Yeah, but what if it's like. It's something that's undetectable that we can't. What if it's that far away? We can see the effects it has on the galaxies, binds them together, sort of thing. Yeah. Because there's not enough gravity to keep the galaxies together. So we know there's something there that acts like gravity, but isn't. Hmm. And it's eight, we, it, we just go, it's dark matter. It's what it is. Dark matter, because so we don't know what it is. So our nearest galaxy is moving away from us still? Everything's moving away from us. Why us? Why is it moving away from us? It doesn't like us. from everything. Doesn't I like us, thinks we're twats. Getting further yeah. apart. So we're not the centre of the universe, then? I think. No, we're out on the fucking western spiral arm. We are. We're not. Wherever no, you are, you're in the that's centre of the universe, galaxy. I think. I suppose you weird. are, it's technically. Weird like wherever you are is your centre, isn't it? You yeah. don't, all your maps would say you are here, you're you working there. Yeah. Isn't there a centre and it's a huge black hole? No, that's in some galaxies, isn't it? One no. of those galaxies. Perhaps in all of them. Maybe there's a massive black hole at the centre of the universe. That we're all rotated around. Yeah, Maybe. Like and getting sucked in like a, like a plug hole. In, no, an, inf- in an infinite universe, anything's possible. Maybe, yeah, maybe we're getting sucked in. Or, no, getting or spewed apart. out, yeah. We're getting spewed out and going further apart. Out of it, we've got spewed out the plug it's hole. pushing us as opposed to pulling us. <laughs> well, the other side of the plug hole and is the uh, ultimate dimension where they're getting sucked into the plug hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense, doesn't it? What are dreams? We don't know. Yeah, we don't know why we dream. Just we can't. We can't say for any any level mm. of certainty what dreams are for. We well, can't do it. There are heads sorting out 
thoughts throughout the day, isn't it? I mean, well, it's the question of, if the question of why we sleep is complicated, and obviously that's an evolution response. We get tired, we have to rest, but still, it's still a complicated question why we develop that need. The question of why we dream is even more so. Dreaming, especially vivid, fanciful dreams, is most correlated with rapid eye movement or REM sleep, which in itself is poorly understood. One thought is that dreaming evolved to help us sort out or rehearse solutions to problems in our waking lives, but there's no real hard evidence to the case. I've never been attacked by a crocodile underneath the front of my dad's car in 1986 <laughs> before. And that happened in a dream when I was a kid. Yeah, but don't you know so, about dreams? You don't take everything literal, do you? No. Maybe you were represents <laughs> Something. Yeah. Someone. Your hidden desires. Or fears. <laughs> or you were molested yeah. by a... a it's one of those very vivid, car. But that's one of those very vivid dreams. I can still remember the dream. Where well, man in snake skin boots. Four. Crocodile skin boots. <laughs> Mad. <laughs> yeah, I remember that dream. Well, clearly we were at an air show. Who was in the car with you? Mum, my dad, my brothers. We were in my brown Ford Granada. No, Cortina. The Ford Cortina, sorry, not Granada. We never had a Granada. No, the old brown Ford Cortina, yeah. And And a crocodile attached. For some reason, a crocodile attached. Were there any scoutmasters nearby? Any priests? (laughs) Anything like that? No, I was only four. I hadn't been like... Introduced to anything quite like that yet. No, well, <laughs> you're lucky. <laughs> you're lucky you remember it. To be fair, because all dreams are stored in the short-term memory. Yeah. You can sort of remember. I don't know. I've had a few dreams. I've got a few dreams. It's stored in your short-term memory. After a few like days and weeks, you'll forget it. Unless they're particularly memorable, as you say. Some may stay in your long-term I've memory. Got, some I've you got might a be few lucky. If you make, I want to make a film out of one of my dreams because it would be an awesome film. Now, although our dreams may feel significant to us, it's also possible that they serve no purpose. They may simply be a byproduct of other processes that occur during REM sleep. Studying the neurological basis of the strange and highly subjective experience of dreaming is complicated, which is why understanding the origin of dreaming is still beyond our grasp. I think it may, maybe it's just something to keep our minds occupied whilst we're bored asleep. Helps sleep go by. What does that say about our attention spans? Mm. Dogs do it. But we've got yeah. a fantastic imagination, haven't we, as humans? And, and obviously dogs and that. Because the amount of times you watch your dog running, chasing a cat, or whatever it's doing, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Their eyes twitching away. Well, yeah, you, you can always tell that. But still, is it, is it a thing where we replay solutions that just alternate... I quite versions like that. of what we should have done during the day. I like that theory. Yeah, the problem solving. Yeah, right? yeah. Thinking of like you putting yourself into a scenario and you're living it out. I think that's the best explanation. There's two, there's two ways it could work out, either good or bad. And then when you wake up, you're like, <gasps> shit, shouldn't have done that. Okay, now don't jump off that bridge next time. <laughs> and then if you ever come to that point in life, you're going to go, oh, no, let's not do that. I'll splat. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Maybe. Maybe. It's still it's, it's an interesting thing. Why do we dream? Mm. Why? What's the, what's the point? Yeah. Well, that, that doesn't explain anybody who has lucid dreams or dreams that they can control, like flying and stuff. Maybe this is the dream world and when we're asleep. That's, that's often, reality. I've often, yeah. often, often considered that. Yeah. When I used to live in Saudi as a kid, I often thought, because mm. it, it, it was a privilege, it really was living in such an amazing country as an eight-year-old kid. And I remember so many times just like, I'd pinch myself, 
I'd be out in the souks, mm-hmm. like the local markets and things like that, and just like, it'd just be amazing. I always remember yeah. thinking, am I just dreaming? There's an old <laughs> Chinese philosopher that said, you dreamt he was a butterfly, and he asked the question, am I a, am I a man dreaming about being a butterfly, or am I a butterfly dreaming about being a man? Hmm. Oh. I least think he wanted to be a butterfly, <laughs> and why not? I think it's some kind of data dump for the brain, myself. It's processing shit for you. Yeah, it's getting rid of stuff, you, you know, maybe you sin and you want to think about it a bit more but didn't have time to, it's like, oh, get rid of that name. But then, the amount of times I've had a dream that's been about, like, a film I've been watching. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So how would that explain that, then? It puts well, you... I always think if you if you watch something and then go straight to sleep, it's on your mind, isn't it? And yeah. you're thinking about something, you do tend to dream about it. Mm. So how how yeah it's weird though then that that would take away the dreaming is to sort out your day's issues or problem solving that kind of thing it would take away that well maybe just you, you want to think more about it so your brain's just like oh yeah that was sweet and it puts you in it and then all of a sudden you know it's... maybe the problem solving still going on it's just in a different environment the Perhaps that doesn't really matter. Maybe I should start trying to watch porn before I go to bed. Then <laughs> <laughs> like, have my Wait, dreams about sticky. have my dreams about some hot porn stuff. Don't you have dreams about exes? Yeah, I've, I, yeah, I've it still times. happens. It's, it's you haven't thought about someone for years, and then you wake up and you realise you've been dreaming about them. And it's like, I, I, I probably it's all sticky. Bit of cold sweat. <laughs> Do you know what? I've <laughs> I've dreamt of my ex. I won't say a name. You know who I mean. The the, prop, the the one and only ex kind of thing who who scarred me for life literally swinging a bag around the back of the head and things like that literally scarred me for life but no I've even recently and that was twenty years ago I was going we mm. split up twenty years ago and I still dream about her now yep it's probably like yeah. weird PTSD mm. that could be some PTSD in there sorting she was my yeah. first love though yeah but well, dreams yeah. I always have it. I, I'm always I'm always kissing her or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's always like a bit a bit of something there with her. Well, go on Facebook. See nah. what happens. Nah, fuck that. Swan. <laughs> why do we yawn? No one knows why we yawn. And why is it contagious? Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. No one knows why that is. Although, not if you're a psychopath, you won't pick up on it. You won't do it. Hmm. Yawning is something you like to do every day, but oddly, scientists still aren't sure why. Recently, the scientific community has moved towards the idea that yawning is a thermoregulatory behaviour that cools down the brain, but its true biological function is still unclear. That'd be cool if you have a yawn, it's like the fan kicking in on a PC. <laughs> but then again, rats, rabbits, dogs, cats. I've never seen a cow yawn. I know, and okay, I was enough to see if they know if they yawn. But Bet they do. Most house pets and that that I've ever, everyone I've ever had you see it yawn yeah yeah. so it's something that we all all mammals do and even birds it's yeah. contagious among all social animals yeah dogs do it. yeah I have unless they're just stretching their beak I've never but seen a bird yawn have you had pet birds no well you wouldn't have seen a bird do it then would you you spoon <laughs> How many fucking unless, sparrows in your garden you sat there for an hour and let you like watch them? Might have had a yawn, you know. <laughs> no, I think they're just they're just stretching like like Pac-Man style. Turn to fuck off, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't be a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've had pet birds most of 
my life as a, uh, up, up to the age of 20. And yeah, I'm pretty sure I remember my birds yawning. Well, if they're a social animal, then maybe. Mm. A 2005 study published in Cognitive Brain Research found that networks in your brain responsible for empathy and social skills are activated when you see someone yawn. Researchers have also observed that chimps can catch yawns from humans. Ooh. Even talking about it, I've just yawned. Yeah, I want to yawn, I'm fighting it. <laughs> <laughs> Copying the facial expressions of others helps us adopt and understand their current state, said Matthew Campbell of the Yeeks National Primate Research Centre at Emory University. This is why, according to one study, psychopaths aren't as susceptible to contagious yawning. I'm so going to start going up to people and just like gurning, pulling weird faces and see if they start doing it back to <laughs> <laughs> They just think you're on drugs. They will, Call yeah. the police. They'll look a bit horrified. They won't be copying you. So that theory's out of the window straight away. <laughs> but interesting that psychopaths don't catch yawns as often as other people because it's the empathy centres of the brain that light up when you yawn. Yeah. And, and that's obviously they, they don't, don't have. They don't have that. Mm. Which I think is fascinating. But, yeah, why do you do it? Could make a good subject. Psychopaths. Oh, we delve into the world of serial killers here and there, don't we, occasionally? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Every Christmas? Every Christmas, usually, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) The blue toilet seat phenomenon. This is a new one to me. I I hadn't heard about this. I've never heard this. No. While sites will tell you that this happens when you're pregnant, this does indeed happen to both women and men, and it's a mystery, but likely due to minimal research on it. In fact, if you had a med- asked a medical professional of this, they may not just not believe you. But you'll mostly hear it online, people online talking about it happening to their toilet. And it's real, and no, it's not from a cleaning solution. The most probable cause of this is that sweat glands and oils from your oh, body... Sorry, are, can, I, can I... What is... What's the problem? Your toilet seat turns blue. Oh, it turns blue? Yeah. This is what I wasn't... I wasn't getting. I thought she just had a blue toilet seat. That's why. <laughs> That's why. That's why. That's why what, what are they talking about? Thought, oh... Yeah. Your toilet seat literally turns blue for no reason. Right. I've okay. never seen that. I've never heard of it. No, no but me either. I like it. I thought, I've never heard of it. Every day's a school day, boys and girls. Yeah. Like you say, the most probable cause is that the sweat glands and oils from your body are bonding with the toilet seat that causes the odd colour change. Other explanations include pregnancy hormones reacting with the seat ah. on your skin. Can I uh, point out something? Yeah. This is an American article. Mm-hmm. So I wonder whether they used a particular PVC of some sort, like a recycled PVC, that when such... shit plastic, basically. Yeah, when such oils and shit from your body get onto it, it would discolour it. Because you can... You only have to look at the yellow that white windows go. If they're like a recycled plastic, they go yellow after the sun bleaches them. How can something bleach something, a colour? It's strange, isn't it? Some bleach anything, I'm funny. So I wonder whether it's a similar thing to that. I don't know, maybe. It could be a poor plastic, although saying that, they shouldn't really turn blue. Plastic shouldn't change colour because the the granules that make up that plastic come in that colour. They're that colour as they're made. Mm. I've seen some pretty nasty looking toilet seats that, yeah, uh, that are quite true. stained over. Yeah, over brown, I can see it yeah. going brown. Brown and yellow. Yellowy. Brown and yellow. Yellowy. Blue is, is a new one. Yeah. That's what I'm just saying. I wonder whether it's yeah. something in the makeup of toilets that are made in America or something. I don't know. Another possible cause, although rarer, 
Well, yeah, all right. Their standards aren't that high, are they, when it comes they, to certain things? Well, I don't know what their toilet seat standard is, admittedly. They may, they may well be using different chemical compounds to make these cheap well, toilets that might be in every single know. school in the US, which is where this is kind of centred, or something like that. You don't know, do you? It could be worldwide. We don't know. It's, just, it's, a, it's a phenomenon online. That this is a thing. It's, it's Science can't explain it. That's what they name it. That's the whole point of the show. Yeah, yeah. It could be a possibility is that blue jeans are causing the colour change to the dye rubbing off on your legs and in turn onto the toilet seat that could make over sense. time mm, not buying that but it does suddenly happen without any reason not just after buying a new pair of jeans there are even a few reports of late of people's toilets turning blue after finding out they have covid bullshit well see the blue toilet seat phenomenon mm. it's a new one mate i like it i'm gonna Rigorously check my toilet seat from now on. Make sure it's not turning blue. Oh. I've just found a solution to that straight away. Well, Pete, the article is called Science Things Science Can't Explain. Right. Pseudochrome hydrosis, I think it's called. It's rare, but some people have a condition called crimbo... It's not crimbo. Chromohydrosis. That causes their sweat to turn different colours, including blue. Yeah, that's people's sweat. So, could be that, yeah. Is this where the toilet, not just your toilet seats, bedding as well, but yeah. How rare is that condition? Probably as rare as a blue toilet seat. Yeah. <laughs> it's not coloured blue already, I'm guessing, because like, so I've, I've shat on many, many, a many a seat in my life, and I've never sat on a white one and gone, oh, it's a bit blue. Maybe you sat on a blue one that used to be white. Yeah. <gasps> I don't think I've ever sat in a blue toilet seat. Oh, he's got a blue toilet seat. I sat on black ones and white ones, but I think that's pretty much it. The odd wooden one. <laughs> Why did they make them white? It's so it shows yeah. up the piss yeah, really yeah, well. Yes, yeah. you can see to clean I'm it. sure we used to have a blue one when I was a kid. It was a blue wooden one. We used yeah. to have a green one. We yeah, had a green one. one the <laughs> We've gone for the, uh, the, the traditional wooden effect and then we had a blue painted wooden one, I'm sure of it. I we never used to have plastic ones. This isn't making like great radio, you know. No, it's not, is it? Us talking about our toilets. <laughs> the toilet seats <laughs> I used. <laughs> Either way, they'll turn blue. Keep an eye on your toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, in the 70s or 80s, you had the blue, the green, or the peach. You know, that oh, was yeah. it, wasn't peach, it? Because yeah, everyone moved class. away from the white, and then they were like, oh, these are really dirty, and that's why we've all gone back to white. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's like the doctor's coat effect then. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay, next one. Yeah. Here's, well, this, is, this is for you, Mike, right? Why do cats purr? Mm. No one knows. But the theories, no one's really sure. Huh? Cat owners will testify the sheer pleasure of having your favourite moggy pal curled up on your lap and purring away contentedly. But although we may see it as the equivalent of a contented grin or a dog's wagging tail, there is an air of mystery behind these feline sounds. The actual source of the purr was an enigma for a long time. It was fairly recently that experts suggested an alternate constriction and relaxation of the muscles around a cat's larynx is what makes the noise itself. That's when the cat breathes in and out, you get the purr. Hardly an enigma. If you put your no. head near a cat's head, it's coming from its head. 
Well, they were like they didn't know how the noise was actually made. Mm. Well, it's it's something to do with its breathing. Well, yes. It's, it's really it's quite narrowing it down, isn't it? Well, it's still probably do with like the tongue and the back of the throat kind of thing, yeah. like how a how a person. They say it's the muscles. It's the muscles around the larynx, they reckon now. But it's the why rather than the what, which still has people scratching their heads. <laughs> One of the more surprising explanations is that cats don't just purr when they are happy and relaxed. They also purr when they're in pain. Kittens and their mother also purr to provide reassurance and bonding. However, a US-based veterinarian has suggested the frequency of a purr is beneficial to helping bones grow and develop too. Mm. They are a similar frequency to those used in modern therapy to heal damaged bones and other tissues, right. so help to self-soothe and heal when a cat is ill or injured. It's very much a theory, meaning the reason our cats keep on purring remains a little bit baffling. So if you've got a cat, you've got a broken leg, you stick the cat by your broken leg and get it to purr, well that, like, you know, heal our bones better as well, because of the frequency. Maybe. Maybe it's the wrong frequency. Maybe you need to attune on a frequency with the cat first. Maybe. You and the cat need to go on a spiritual journey into the astral plane, attune (laughs) mentally, and then break your leg and get the cat to purr and heal you. That's a hell of a a test. hell of a lot of work. (laughs) Until you and the cat are one. But they do seem to do it when they're happy. When they're, like, content. When they're, like, comfortable, don't they? Yeah, well, they do it in other things, too, apparently. Hmm. You'll find that they they just that relaxed that they're... Everything relaxes. Yeah, it's just relaxed, and then it it just makes that sound as it goes past. Maybe it's, like, a de-stressing thing for them. They do it when they're in pain. Yeah, well, they do it when they're happy. It's like, well, I'm happy, I'm going to do this noise because it makes me feel great. If you're in pain, it's going to make you feel better. Happy play. Maybe yeah. they just want it to be different than a dog. Maybe they're just arseholes. <laughs> Cats are arseholes, aren't they? I mean, I love them. I wouldn't hurt a cat, but they're still arseholes. Yeah, they're, they're all dicks. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. They all think they're better than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Ever since the Egyptians treated them as gods, that's been it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely uh, put a spoon up their arse, didn't he? <laughs> Here's a big one. What happens when we die? <laughs> well, that's the age-old question, isn't yeah. it? You know? That's the tip, but we still can't prove it. I thought it was a biggie, and I thought we could have a little debate. As in, I don't think really anything happens. I'd love that to be the whole, uh, you know... Our soul lives be, on. That'd be great, wouldn't it? be wonderful. You don't think reincarnation you just pop into a new soul whether it be a butterfly a worm a new baby you don't think that i'd like to be a tree okay <laughs> Step that anyway, <laughs> i want to be a tree <laughs> yep a tree a grand old oak tree no 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 a banana tr- no a pineapple no <laughs> which one which one walks bananas banana triffids no, I'll be a banana I'll tree. I'll be a triffid, that'd be pretty sweet. I'll be a banana tree, because I can move around. Yep. About five foot. <laughs> a year, <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah. They do move a fair whack, though, for a fucking plant. Everyone on the planet would like a better idea what happens to them after they die. Apparently there's billions of people who already know the answer to that question, because they're dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they can't, tell us, they can't they? tell us about it. The subject of the afterlife, or lack thereof, is one of the oldest questions troubling humankind will we all float off into eternal bliss will the evil among us be damned to the pits of hell 
Will our consciousness merely vanish once our bodies have expired? Or will we be reincarnated as hungry hippos or fluffy cats? And scientists do understand the beginning stages of death. They know how the human body begins shutting down. Like store employees turning off the lights at a megastore after closing hours, your body cells begin to blink off one by one until your heart and brain sees activity. What happens after your brain clicks off, though, is still a complete mystery. Although many people who've gone through near-death experiences and then come back to life speak about tunnels of light or flashbacks to life occurrences or conversations with loved ones who've passed away. All of those experiences could have biological origins, perhaps spurred by lack of oxygen or wild biochemical fluctuations. Or it's what we're programmed to think. Lack of oxygen, I'm going with. Probably lack of oxygen to the brain. But it's also... Long white tunnel. It's, it's not what we're all programmed to think is what's going to happen, isn't it? The blinding light, or the, the, t the tunnel, or a loved one coming back to speak to you. Could be your brain's last act of flooding your body with dopamine as well as you die. Yeah. To make it less yeah. painful. It's like, right, dump everything we've got. Yeah. This ship's going down. It does, doesn't it? The brain has a little captain's hat on and he's like, as a salute. <laughs> and he goes down with the ship, kind of like, release the dopamine, send them that pleasant fantasy about their nan coming back to speak to them. Then give them the tunnel. Give them everything. <laughs> give them the tunnel. <laughs> give them the tunnel. <laughs> I was reading the other day and this lady was saying that a little like four-year-old had said, oh, mommy, you had two babies before, or you lost two babies before me and I'm those two babies. So it was the same, like, I think this kid was making out it was the same soul because she'd had like two miscarriages. Mm. He was waiting and but this time he decided to come, he said, and the mum was just left sort of mouth open speechless. But at the same time, he could have overheard that. Like, no, she hasn't, you know, hasn't spoke about it since. We don't know if, like, the nans, you know, mummy like, was pregnant twice before you. Not at four, you ain't going to comprehend that kind of shit. No, no. Kids are remarkably perceptional. We've both had four-year-olds. Perceptive. They're not, I don't know, they wouldn't pick up something quite yeah, but like that. they also live in a fucking fantasy world at that age, don't they? What? This lady was saying she was just gobsmacked. It had just come out of nowhere. He'd said it out of nowhere. So, you know. But that doesn't prove that, that we get reincarnated. That's just a four-year-old with an overactive imagination. Well, I'm going to have to look into it. Maybe that'll be your next pick. Mm. Reincarnation. It's definitely one. I mean, then you get the whole karma thing. And, and you know, do you edge you on the scale of reincarnation? If that's what happens. We don't know. If it does happen, I definitely think I was Hitler or someone like that. I have fucking bad luck I do I must have been a right bastard in a past life I think probably like a fucking dung beetle somewhere right now you'd hope so wouldn't you you'd, if, if, that's the, <laughs> if that is the way it goes if that's the way it goes then yeah he's I want dung beetle way back up to being if there's human. no I think you just have to stay as the lowest form of. he should be an amoeba even as a dung beetle he gets them behind him <laughs> you don't want to risk it just give him the amoebas do you know what I would like to think? If that was how it was, I, I'd thought about this before, and I think if, if that was the case, say like you're a dick, or you start off as fresh, you're a new soul, yeah? You start off as a bug, yeah? And if you're a good bug, you work your way up. The only good bug is a dead bug. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Starship Troopers? Yeah. Uh, ten points. <laughs> only good bug's dead bug. But no, I think... And then, like that, that bug 
does its job, yeah? It goes and feeds its queen. It does it, what it's meant to do. Does it die defending its queen? Maybe, who knows? Whatever, whatever. But it does, it does its job. And then uh, Mother it's Nature's good, happy. It's a good bug. Mother Nature's happy. Then <laughs> that <Nature's> bug... <laughs> Well, how else would you explain? It's the, the Hall of Wisdom on the astral plane and the, the Council of Light, or whatever the mm. fuck. Well, obviously, if you've got this reincarnation and there, there is some kind of, like, if there's some kind of galactic karma where oh, something yeah, goes, yeah. yeah, he was all right. Whatever he was good. He was a good bug. Knock him up a notch. He's a cat now. Exactly. And then the next time you come up as a, a mouse and then a cat and a, and a <laughs> horse, or you know what I mean? Each time you'd be a bigger, better, longer living animal, and then, you get to human. No, I'd like to think the next stage before us is a tree or something like that. Something that's really like old and wise, or perhaps even after us. When you go after, after us, next, you, you gotta learn the fucking. You gotta learn your shit, I and then you can be a wise end. But that's what. <laughs> if that was how it happened, I'd like to think that you get your chances, and if you do good, you go on to the next best, the next level thing, kind of thing. And if you're a dick like your Hitlers, it's like. Back to square one, boom. Amoeba. Yeah. I think you need to make a Nintendo game out of this. <laughs> Could be good, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. But then again, the I mean, what if, wrath. what if you get the, the heaven and hell and stuff like that? What if that, that's the other prevailing one, isn't good it? good and evil is a human construction, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's a lottery. Good and evil depends on where you stand at the time, doesn't it? Let's face it. But I think there are other animals, other creatures within the world that do have... What, an evil giraffe? <laughs> Mate, I've got two rabbits, right? One of them, she's awesome, she's lovely, she's sweet. We've never mistreated these two rabbits. The other one, she is a dick. She is an asshole. She'll eat and chew anything possible. She doesn't let you stroke her, she doesn't let you love her, she attacks you if you come near her. She's going to be a donkey. Is she that rabbit from Monty Python? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> what's, the, what's the evil rabbit's name? I can't think. Oh, come on. You know what the evil rabbit's uh, name is. You know the name. Oh, of my rabbit. rabbit. Oh, the no. evil rabbit. Yeah, Biscuit. Biscuits. The evil Sorry. rabbit's called Biscuit. Sorry, Cookie. cookie. Biscuit's the nice one. Biscuit's the nice one. But honestly, that tells me that, look, she is a dick. <laughs> and if you look on... Type in Google. You get every dick's in every species, my rabbit. Exactly. That's my point. So you're saying like that's a human trait? I don't think it is. It's I think it's an every animal trait. I don't know. You can that. get dickheads because how would you explain your your little fucking? I, I, I Look at know. every cat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Prime example. But I just thought because you've got the two. I, of I believe them. you've got different personalities. Yeah. but I don't believe that there's a good one in any form. Yeah, no, <laughs> trust me. Maybe Pete's rabbit's the representation of yin and yang. Cookie is a dick. Is Cookie black and biscuit no. white? No, no. Other way round? No. If you check to see that it's not set to evil, a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your problem. This one was set to evil. <laughs> How do I connect it? What do I stick a bit of butt? <laughs> nah, but like, they're lovely. They are lovely animals. But honestly, she's a knob. Back to what happens after we die. <laughs> but yeah. Until someone comes back and tells us. In, in Jedi Force Ghost sort of style. It's not going to happen, is it? No. We won't know. We'll never find out. The fact that no one has come back in Jedi Force Ghost style and had a proper good chat to everybody on telly right, or something. <laughs> if it's not on Oprah, I don't believe it. <laughs> There's nothing on Jerry Springer. I'm going for it. <laughs> 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 the ghost of Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> and some sceptics. 
Like this woman that's married, that pirate ghost. Yeah. Maybe not her. Let's not get her asked. No, I was going to say, he's like, you know, show me the evidence, woman. Yeah, you know, it's, until literally a ghost is physically visible and stood there and communicating as I'm speaking to you guys now. Well, in reincar- the reincarnation theory, there'd be no ghosts, would there? That's a valid point, isn't it? Because you go back into the lottery and get viewed out as a dung beetle. And may- oh, maybe it's people oh. that refuse to be reincarnated and so they're... Or is it like a purgatory in between waiting to go on to your new shell? <laughs> nah, because you got ghosts. All ghosts are like old, aren't they? No. Is it like, is it just, the, the, you know, there's like, you're not, you're, you were too shit to be reincarnated, so we're just going to leave you here replaying your final moments. They could have been a dick. Maybe that's what happened oh, maybe, to arseholes. But then again, it's just all ghosts. Why is no Hitler's, Hitler's ghost in that scenario? He committed suicide. Different. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, who knows? I have no idea. You know, you, the point is, and like I say, until we get the Force Ghost who comes back and speaks clearly and has a proper conversation, you're not going to know. Here's one on that, though. Like, say Hitler's Ghost. Maybe the Force of Karma was like, you're too much of a dick. Destroyed his you're soul. Yeah, you ain't coming back. Straight <laughs> out, destroyed his soul. Maybe he was Genghis Khan in his previous life. We gave you another chance, look what you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you worked your way up from a fucking amoeba. To Genghis Khan, you gave you one more chance, you came bloody Hitler. <laughs> your last bloody chance. <laughs> and he's from up north. <laughs> or she. Genghis Khan, by the way. Oh, God. <laughs> well, yeah, there we have it. I don't know, no one knows, no one's ever going to find out. What about, are we alone in the universe? I had to throw it in. No. no. We're not. There's no fucking way. How can we be that small-minded to think we are the only planet with this kind of... Yep. It's just too small-minded to think It that. is, it is, but still, at the moment, we don't know. Because well, we, we haven't proved it yet, That's it. There's been but no we don't physical know. evidence as such. Could that, be, well, that we know about. There could be as many as 40 billion habitable planets just in our galaxy. And that is an awful lot of potential for alien life. Statistically, it has to be, doesn't it? Then, mm. of course, you're the, you know the Drake equation. Intelligent life forms in a different manner. That's the thing. You can say, yeah, that planet's got life. We're looking for intelligent life, aren't we? Yeah. We're looking for any life. Equivalent of... Well, yes, I know, we are looking for any life, but intelligent life would be nice. Hmm. Wow. Well, would it, though? We've been through yeah. this. We've been through it, I know. There's a 3% chance that... I just, they're going to kill us. I just think it's higher than that. It's 33% chance... That Especially if they're trying to take over their home. Because they're benevolent. Like... It's 33% chance that they're malevolent and there's 33% chance they're indifferent to us. People forget that one. Yeah, yeah but you've got to realise that every time we've come across somebody that's been inferior technologically to us, we've just wiped them out because we can. Yeah, because that's where we were in our, I, I know our journey. You, they, but they, aliens might be further on than that. Yeah, they may not be. It might not be. They might be a warlike species, like yeah. Klingons. Or the Borg. Or the Borg. You never know. I think a 33% chance, I think splitting that into three, I think it's still too low. I, I think like it's more like 50-50. Mocklands as well. Don't forget the Mocklands. And the Mocklands. They like war. <laughs> Are they from Doctor Who? No, no. Orville. Oh, the... Uh, of course, the all-male species. Yeah. Fantastic like, series. Good series. Really, I really like it. I really rate it. You'd be so fucking stupid to think 
that there's nothing else but us. I know. We're the only life forms in this entire bull- bullshit. No, not a chance. No, Claire? Well, we touched on it in last week's as well, didn't we? Definitely not alone. It's a slow disclosure. I think within our lifetimes... Do you think? I was actually questioning that in our lifetimes, are we ever going to... Because James Webb can detect planets, and it can detect the makeup of the atmosphere. Mm. If it finds certain things that are only present because of life... Oxygen. Oxygen, etc. Satellites. Carbon dioxide is natural. Oxygen isn't. All we need to do is find Well, it is, but not in massive amounts. Would it be able to pick out if there were satellites in orbit? Or space stations or something like that. You never know. I don't know. Maybe. Sure they'd, block they'd, some of the light. they'd cast a silhouette on the planet, wouldn't they? It's possible. Or the, the satellites might show up as twinkling lights in a, you know, if there is enough of them in a, an orbit, in a line. And over a few photos, you notice they've moved. Yeah. Mm. Maybe. I mean, it wouldn't be one shot, would it? It'd be, well, it's, takes, it's taking snapshots into the future or the past, really, isn't it? Past, I guess. Yeah, the, it'll be the past by the time the you know the light the light gets reached to us, the, yeah. the telescope, isn't it? Got any more? Where does consciousness come from? <laughs> I thought that was quite interesting because consciousness is complicated. I think it's the middle bit of your brain, as like <laughs> the, the the very middle. The outside is like the few thoughts and pain receptors and whatnot, and then the middle bit that's connected to your your optic nerves and that lot, that's that, that's what I think. Well, have a look at that picture there, can you see that on the screen? That's a brain scan and it's showing how active our brains really are. It's flickering with constant activity as our 100 billion nerve cells ceaselessly fire. Imagine that, that's what your brain's doing right now. Well, it's probably slowed down a little bit. If you look at the brain, through a microscope and you see all the neuron connections and everything, it looks just like the galaxies and the, the cosmic web. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't mm. it? We're all stardust, baby. So is the universe conscious and we're just a part of that consciousness? A tiny little speck of that consciousness. Is the universe realising itself through us? We're an extension of that consciousness. Maybe that's the that's same what with, I believe. And maybe that's the same with every life form out there. Yeah. We've got a little tiny speck of the universe's consciousness and we give them that spark, maybe. That's deep. That mm. is deep. I like it. I mean, it's an inter- I mean, we're all very different. I mean, consciousness and personality as well is shaped by events that happen to us in our life. That's yeah. not consciousness, that's personality. It's true, I suppose. Our minds team with inner conversations and questions about who we are and our purpose in the world. We are, as far as we know, the only creatures with this sort of active consciousness and we also have no idea where this consciousness comes from. Our brains, of course, are the central computers of our bodies, controlling biological functions and helping us think our way through all of life's loops and hurdles. Brain scans display how incredibly active our brains really are. Flicking in with constant activity as our hundred billion nerve cells ceases to fire like a compact yet enormously complex digital network. But the brain is not the mind. Electrical activity doesn't explain how a physical substance can create a non-physical condition like consciousness. 
If some religions will explain consciousness as a gift from God embedded into our bodies to guide us through this world. But scientists veer towards biological origins. They see consciousness as a collection of biological processes that build towards more complicated thinking that eventually culminates in self-awareness. And if scientists have the term, and animals such as dogs almost certainly have a consciousness, but obviously that's a lot lower or a different level yeah. of awareness than mm. we have. A dog doesn't recognise itself in the mirror. No. Does it? It doesn't go, oh, that's just me. Yeah. We do. Unless, of course, you're Mike who fights the guy in his mirror every day. I was losing some. I don't understand. <laughs> you still believe it's him. <laughs> <laughs> Kicks my ass every day. <laughs> I'll get it. You'll get him one day, Mike. Oh, no. You'll get him. <laughs> but no, it's, it's it is mad. Consciousness is is crazy. I mean, yep. your brain's always going. Even when you're talking to someone, you've always got something floating around your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. P. What do you think? <laughs> well, my mind's empty. He's <laughs> like, hmm, is it is it illegal to lick a cat's asshole? Well, I haven't been arrested yet. <laughs> Thanks for that contribution, Pete. <laughs> yeah, it was really good time spent wisely there. <laughs> nah, he is mad. All right then, Mike. Fucked up facts. Yep, team tune, please. Facts, 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 fucked up facts, 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 facts. Does anyone know where faster fart travels? Oh, I know it's quite fast actually. It's about 140 miles an hour or something. 90 it? miles an hour. It's per minute I've got this. Oh, oh, per minute. How far can it go in a minute? Four metres a minute. I don't know. Going four metres. <sighs> I want it in. Actually, I want it in imperial measurements. What sold that? It's oh Jesus Christ. Christ! How fast the air comes out of your butt? No, how far it travels okay. in how one fa- minute? How far it travels in a minute? Yeah. And on wind speed and what remote? <laughs> that's it. That's true. There's variables. Average then. Nineteen meters per minute. I'm going to say imperial measurements. measurements. I'm going to go. Um, What's that then? Six foot. Six foot radius. All right. I'm going like three feet per minute. Minute. So I'd be saying about 57 feet per minute. Claire's the closest, eight inches per minute. Oh. <laughs> All right. Depends who's farting. Though. It does depend know. who's farting. That doesn't seem a lot enough, does it? It doesn't. Eight inches So you minute. fart and it just... Disperses it. Disperses eight inches. No, it's going to be eight inches per meet, eight, eight inches per, per second. Per minute, it says. A fart travels a about eight inches per minute. Too far. That's hardly even worth... And you smell it. It's not, it's, it's not even meeting you, Pete. Yeah, that's, that's bullshit, because you could fart now, within about three or four seconds, I'd be catching waft of it. <laughs> yeah. So that's full of shit. That yeah, fart. but you're sat, maybe, what, three foot away from Mike, which yeah. is, what, for, uh, that's so, 36 inches, so eight inches a minute. He's going to get it within three minutes. Yeah, but I'd get it within seconds. Yeah. That's yeah. my point. When yeah. Stella farts, within yeah, seconds... Got, you can hear a butt and she's right by She could be sat by you when you're on your side of your chair, when I'm sat on the other side of your chair, which is about a metre and a half at least away from her arse. Yeah, I've got the window open as well. It's just wafting right by you. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, that gets there within a couple of seconds. 
Please, you haven't, you haven't fucking lived with a Rottweiler, have you? No. <laughs> there you go. You think your little French Bulldog can fucking fart? <laughs> I don't know. Stella's farts. No, oh, sorry. evil. Make your eyes water, mate. <laughs> they really do. For a tiny little dog, they are vicious. Mm. Sorry, I, I can... I can Top trump that. It all depends what you top trump that. Yeah. <laughs> right, Mike, next Go one on then. In Indonesia, you can pay for your bus fare with trash. <laughs> if all you right. bring your recyclables, you can ride the bus for free. That's pretty cool. Oh, That's wow. a good idea. That's a great way to get people recycling as well, isn't it? Yeah. Bus carries all this like recycling around, so you, you know. Must drop it off at. How would you. Uh, it's been on its route. Must it just a bin that gets. Is it measured or something? Do you have to have like a certain weight? Don't know, I don't know. That's all, that's all it tells, tells me. Right, you can get this far for three cans. Are they Here's aluminium? A, <laughs> here's a plastic bottle, how much does that get me off? Mm-hmm. Ten metres. Yeah, well. This is quite a horrifying mm. fact. More than half of pilots have fallen asleep while flying. Oh, yeah. yeah they've normally got autopilot on, mm. haven't they? Yeah, so. it's pretty much it. But then their oppo pilot would probably be awake anyway. No, mate, I've heard tales of where <coughs> the pilot's sort of snapped awake and go, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then he's turned, he's in the co-pilot flat out and the fucking a, a third pilot flat out as well. And they're all supposed to be on. <laughs> Let's say that you're a pilot and you're just doing a commercial jaunt. Seven, eight hour journey. Birmingham to Spain, oh. like somewhere, four hour jaunt. You fly there, you turn the plane around, you get everyone back on, refuel, reloaded, boom, back straight again. You might do that three times in a night. Stay the night in Spain, fly back in the morning. You might do a 12-hour... Oh, yeah, 14... Yeah. Lorry drivers go 14 hours a day, 15 hours a day. And they haven't got autopilots. They have the, co-pilots to fly for an hour or... The autopilots there just go, OK, I'm on this heading at this speed, and that's it. That's that's what it does. Keeps everything level. You run into turbulence or something in like a storm, you've got an issue then. Mm. Well, you'd have a little bit of a... A, th- a thing with your co-pilot I'll sleep for this one you can sleep for the next that's, one that's what's actually meant to happen in fact there is actually you'll never see it on a plane but there is a bedroom oh. on, a, on the bigger Boeings I have seen it when I was a kid and used to go to Saudi a lot before the days of danger on planes they used to take you up into the cockpit I've been in the cockpit as a kid yeah yeah cockpit yeah I got shown around it a couple of times about eight years old. Well, you could go in there when they were flying yeah, yeah. That was ace. all about that. No, yeah. I always remember the pilot, to meet the pilot was really special though, and you'd meet him and he'd, they'd always have like a stash of, you know, like your treat bags. Yeah. They'd always have a stash of treat bags and if you were one of the lucky ones to get taken up to him, you'd come back with a treat bag. I had once, I've got a Saudi aeroplane about Look, that big. It was always a little model plane. Yeah. That's what it was. was Saudi, I've got a Saudi air jumbo jet about that big and that's from walking into the cockpit. And I remember seeing the same stewardess about a year later and she remembered me and took me up to see him again. Aww. Different pilot, but got another another goodie bag. I'm, just <laughs> wait, I'm waiting for the day that I'm on a plane and the, and the pilot goes, I'm Bruce Dickinson. Mm, <laughs> Not yeah, yeah, I'm well waiting. Ace. That would be well ace, wouldn't it? <laughs> he's waiting for it. I don't know who he flies for, though, when he's, when he's not touring. Pan America or something, probably. I've got no idea, I couldn't tell you. Welcome to Route 666. Yeah! Straight to hell. Yeah! <laughs> And then he just plows it into a field. <laughs> You're like, oh well. In 2019, a Japanese student of the history of ninjas received top marks for writing an essay in Invisible Ink. 
There's always one. That's there is. Do <laughs> <laughs> how they get top marks? Because he's so much of a ninja, he just goes, yeah, I wrote an invisible ink. Now it's up to you. I guess. The- I guess he gave him how to see the mm. invisible ink. Yeah, yeah. So you, know, you hold a candle behind it or something, you maybe know? Maybe he did it to make sure no one cheated. Like and stole his work kind of thing. Or maybe he's a smug fucker that just handed in a few blank sheets of paper and went, ha, wrote it in invisible ink. It's a badass thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Stick it under a Obviously, lamp. he's oh, dressed like a ninja as well because he's the top ninja school student. So he's in the whole, you know, you just see his eyes, he's got a couple of swords strapped to him and sort of ninja accoutrement. And he's like, yeah, wrote it in invisible ink. Don't you just, just click some points for that? Lemon juice is invisible ink, isn't it? Basically, you heat you, you split, like if you put like a lamp, the heat from the bulb would slightly heat the yeah lemon really juice. Good. Basically, it goes off slightly brown or jizz, <laughs> jizz, <laughs> a blue lamp, uh, black lamp, <laughs> black, black light. light. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote this in jizz. My whole essay. Fucking hell! <laughs> you were a busy boy last night. <laughs> It's not just I'm my not jizz. I'm not marking that. I'm not marking that. <laughs> <laughs> Dripping. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm so going to collect some jizz and write some invisible ink. <laughs> letters to someone, I don't know. Love letters. Yeah. <laughs> I think the police will definitely get your DNA on file, though, at that <laughs> point. Send yeah. Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. Early 1800s false teeth were often made from hippopotamus teeth. Hippo teeth? <laughs> what? Imagine waking up, waking up when they've put your fucking false tooth in, you got one of those big tusks sticking out of your face. What the fuck? Here comes Johnny Tusk face. <laughs> I was imagining like a, a bit of a tussle down the bar and it's like your hippo face bitch. Yeah. <laughs> They're massive, bitch, wouldn't you? Sorry. Way too big. Are they not huge? <laughs> I'd think so, wouldn't you? Unless, <laughs> unless they carve them out of them. Maybe the hippo's Maybe. got like lots of little teeth that can be used. Until of course 1815 and, and of course the Peninsula War when it was cheaper to just take the corpse's teeth out on the battlefield and sell them in London and Paris for to be made to set some dentures. So what Obviously, looking at hippo's teeth, it's Come not on. hippo's teeth. <laughs> they don't literally pull out their tooth and go, right, nah, let's stick that in. Them up a bit. They're obviously shaped. And yeah. They're cut and, yeah. But it must, it's like using ivory, isn't it, basically? Same Guess so. kind of principle. <laughs> and do you, and do Just you imagine know. getting them in your, in your gob. <laughs> Look at the fucking predator. <laughs> Next. <laughs> My brother's nickname's Hippo Head. <laughs> yeah. Got a big, thick neck and tiny little ears like me, but looks <laughs> like a hippo. Okay, we're finishing this one. In the early 1990s, a group of New York performance artists swapped the voice boxes of about 300 G.I. Joe and Barbie dolls and put That's them back in stores. I heard about that. A G.I. Joe would say, will we ever have enough clothes? <laughs> <laughs> and a Barbie would say, vengeance is mine and eat lead cobra. <laughs> vengeance is mine, eat lead cobra. <laughs> oh man, that'd be ace. Well, it wouldn't if you got a G.I. Joe and you're like, yeah! And he goes, cool, yeah, will we ever have enough clothes? No, he spoke well, with, her voice. with her voice. Uh, will we yeah. ever have enough clothes? Oh no. So literally just, Actually, the answer to that for both lines of that would be um, no, there won't be ever going to be enough clothes because 
Even G.I. Joe's had the Arctic suit you could buy him and the different types of camouflage and all that. Remember Action Man? Yeah, yeah. My mum used to make clothes for Action Man. I had a, a shoebox full of clothes that my mum had made <laughs> out of like old random clothes of ours. The thing is though, you got three three little lads, yeah, in the early eighties. Money was quite tight, but we wanted stuff. You'd go to your shops and the first thing you'd do as a kid when you go to the shop is, Can we go look at the toy section? Yeah. And that's what you did as a kid in the eighties and probably the early nineties. You went and looked at the toy section. Well, Leave me the toy dad, section, I'll stay here. Yeah. Mum and dad would go and do the shopping. Then I'd uh, play on uh, the usual whatever demo console uh, they had going. Yeah. There'd always be something, wouldn't yeah, there? Yeah, I remember playing in uh, Dixon's or Curry's, one of the early electronic shops here, late eighties, yeah. early nineties. He does have Duck Hunt like on the original Boy, Net, on the original Nintendo. Yeah. Right, I'll, I'll stay here in the toy section and just play yeah. on that until they came back. But I've completely forgotten my point now. Hmm. What were we talking about? Duck Hunt. <laughs> Duck Hunt? No. Making little clothes. For yes. Little, little action yeah, man clothes. Little action man so yeah, clothes you'd, you'd, the go, style. you'd go to the, the toy section and you'd be looking at all the stuff like, Man, Dad, can I have this? And they'd look at it and be like, Bloody hell, that's six ninety nine or whatever. In them days, it was a lot of money. Did so you knit them? She'd just go home and she'd have a little sewing machine. She'd cut up all our old clothes and... Yeah, mate. Well, proper. It's really good. So why is Action Man wearing a three-piece suit that's floral? Just <laughs> <laughs> got some new curtains, son. <laughs> got a little Star waistcoat Wars. and jacket. <laughs> all your Star Wars figures as well. And my mum made a lot of, like camo cloaks for all the Star Wars figures. So when they were having the battle in Endor, Endor, they, they all, so she made all them out of. But they should never have won. <laughs> yeah, but they, she made them out of an old pair of my dad's camo. Trousers from when he was in the forces, oh, <laughs> it's like that, and obviously that made lots of action man suits with that. He had about three or four different camo oh, God, sets. You didn't give him camo sets what a couple of times a year? Easy. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I yeah, it's the way to man. do it, wasn't it? It was the way to do it. That's yeah, what it was. Make do and mend back then, wasn't it? Yeah. It was times of change. I wish I still had my old action man. It'd be worth a fucking fortune now. He had the moving eyes and everything. The little button at the back of the head. Fucking He'd go left and right and his eyes would go left and right. Proper little um, hair on it. Oh, mate, worth a fortune now if you still have one. Yes. Like, I mean thousands. Star Wars figures. And was, you know, you shouldn't have taken them out of the box either. I know. Then what's the point of playing with them if you're going to take them out of the box? Even play Can't play. tell a child not to take something out of the box. No. Some of those Star Wars figures are still worth a lot of money now, even played with. Uh, and, oh, God, yeah. And the action men, yeah. Mad in it, crazy. Uh, if only there was the foresight to save these things. Should have used the force, mm. mate. As many of a toy that my kids have had now that I, they ain't getting thrown, they'll be kept. Because maybe 30, 40 years time, they're worth a fortune. Maybe until everything's just mass produced now, though. I think it's more mass produced. I, I suppose, think. yeah. I don't know, those Star Wars figures back in the 80s, they were pretty much mass produced. They were, but like you say, because it was so popular, everyone had them and then everyone binned them when they got rid of it. You yeah. know, it was, no one thought about keeping stuff in the 80s. You grew out of it, it got passed on and passed on and passed on until it was eventually binned. Yeah, because C3PO is uh, missing his leg and all his head or something. Well, like that's that. it, yeah, that's another other thing. I used to have the, the metal Transformers, Generation yeah, 1 Transformers, were made, they? made out of metal. Fuck me, I wish I'd have kept them. They're worth a fortune now. Yeah, things are just made better, aren't they? Yeah. 
Well, everything was metal. There was very little plastic. Micro machines used to be metal as yeah, well. Now they were plastic. ace. They, I've, I've still got quite a few micro machines. Yeah, proper ones as well. Proper ones. Proper, proper, ones. proper job. Anyway, and then that's the end of the show. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Ben. Don't do the flavour aid. And don't join a cult. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. And I've been Claire. Keep an open mind, but not so open that it spills out your ears. And I've been Pete. Take it easy, man. Take it easy. Take it so easy. We've got the Eagles then. We'll go for different songs. Yeah. Better get the fuck out every time.